Hi there! Welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host, Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about the fork theory, a complementary concept to the spoon theory that we discussed on the previous episode. If you haven't listened to episode 20, it would be nice if you listened to it first, but you don't have to. Let's get started. So last week, we talked about the spoon theory, which is a concept that you start each day with a set number of spoons, which act as fuel for the day to do all the things you want to do. If you run out of spoons, then you crash and burn. So you need to be mindful of how many spoons you use and where you use them. It's a really cool analogy that makes us have a better appreciation for how we tick and what our energy source is. But the spoon theory doesn't address another key element of what makes us function. Or in this case, makes us not function. So, someone on Tumblr came up with a complementary theory, the fork theory. We're going to skip the ELI-5 again this week because the fork theory is sort of already a simplified explanation of how we work. So, without further ado, let's jump into what the fork theory is all about. The fork theory derives its name from the phrase, a stick of fork in me, I'm done. Every day, we are exposed to tens, hundreds, even thousands of forks that poke and stab at us. Now, I don't mean literal forks sticking into your skin. It's a metaphor, people. These forks are annoyances, frustrations, and sources of stress. They can be teeny tiny cake forks, like not being able to find your car keys, or pretty damn big pitch forks, like finding out your partner is cheating on you. We all have different thresholds for how many forks we can be stabbed by, before we say, okay, that's it. Fork this, I'm out. Even if it's a tiny fork, it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back, crossing your fork threshold. It makes sense, right? If you're exhausted and stressed out from work, the last thing you want to come home to is discovering that your cat pooped in the kitchen and the Roomba has gleefully smeared it throughout your apartment. You might have trouble dealing with that on a good day, let alone on a bad day. Or it might be a smaller fork than that. It could be that you're frustrated that you haven't got a promotion, then you can't even get a jar of pickles open. It'd be pretty understandable if you burst into flames like anger from inside out in that moment. The spoons symbolize the fuel that we use up during the course of the day. Forks symbolize the wear and tear, or damage, that we accumulate throughout the day. If we collect too many forks, we just can't function like a normal adult. What happens when we cross the fork threshold? Well, everyone reacts differently, but in general, people tend to be more sensitive, irritable, reactive, and anxious. Some people might have a breakdown and just cry their eyes out. Some people might get angry, shouting and breaking things. Some people, like myself, just go really quiet and withdrawn like a shadow. Or it might not be as dramatic as that. It could be that you just feel really pissed off and stuffy without a good reason. My friends and I call this just feeling meh. The funny thing is, to anyone other than you, it might seem like you're having this kind of huge reaction to a seemingly little annoyance. Like, dude, why are you raging so much at the computer for being frozen? Well, that's because forks are invisible to everyone but us. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen, and all that. To others, it might look like we're overreacting to a small thing, making mountains out of molehills. But in reality, it's because that tiny thing tipped us over the edge in the setting of countless other forks that we'd already been stabbed by recently. So that's the gist of the fork theory. Let's take a short break, and when we're back, we'll look at the different kinds of forks that we're exposed to in our daily life, so that we can better understand where our stresses are coming from. Because we can't fight an enemy that we can't see. 
Welcome back. Now, of course, there are an endless number of forks we could name. The problem with forks is that each person will react differently to any kind of annoyance or problem, so you can't really define a certain thing as a certain size fork for everyone. For people with social anxiety, having to meet a bunch of new people will be a huge fork, whereas an extroverted person might not even perceive it as a problem. Some people may be more sensitive to hangriness, that horrendous wave of rage and anger that overcome us when we're hungry. This is why it's important for you to know what are the common types of forks that stab into you. Have a think. What annoyed you today? Was it the dish canoe that cut in front of you at the cafe? Was it when you couldn't find your keys and you felt like you were going to be late for work? Or is it your period giving you serious cramps and just making you feel really moody? I like to divide up forks in life into different categories. The most common yet important forks are the ones related to your body. You see, your body is designed to function, so if you're not taking care of it, it will remind you in painful ways. So if you're feeling oddly sensitive and pissed off, do a mental checklist. When's the last time you ate something? How much water have you drank today? Did you have too much screen time today? Have you been sleeping enough each night? Each of these may be a small fork that are easy to remove, like eating a Snickers bar or taking some Panadol for your headache. But they're common enough and automatic, so it's good to keep an eye out for them. The other forks are less specific or predictable. Another big group of forks are what I like to call frustrations. These are things like road rage, losing stuff, or little accidents like stubbing your toe. Because they're unpredictable, you can't really prevent them from happening, like keeping yourself well-rested or hydrated. But we can choose to be proactive rather than reactive. If you aren't familiar with the concept of being proactive instead of reactive, have a listen to episode 3 after this. It's all about emotional intelligence and really ties in well with the fork and spoon theory. Anyway, what I mean is you can choose not to let the frustration be so frustrating. This sounds weird because it sounds like I'm telling you to just get over it, but it's more nuanced than that. There's an old Buddhist teaching that talks about the second arrow. You might not see the first arrow and you will get struck by it, but once you've been shot, you know that a second arrow might be coming, so you can look out for it and dodge. The first arrow is the frustration, while the second arrow is your reaction to it. If you let rage overcome you, then you'll be shouting and swearing and wasting your breath, feeling terrible. This makes even a tiny annoyance like a frozen computer a huge fork, because it ruins your day. You could have avoided getting hit by that second arrow, but instead you chose to hit it face on. So instead, you can choose to take a big breath, count to five, and just remind yourself that it's just a bug in the machine, not the universe conspiring against you. Often just a small act of pausing lets you use your rational brain instead of letting your emotions run wild like a drunk elephant. This turns what could have been a huge pitchfork into a tiny little fork, like the ones you use for little pieces of fruit. Much more dealable. A similar group of forks are what I call expectations versus reality problems. A common example of this is hanging your hopes and happiness on something, only to have the rug pulled out from underneath your feet. Like thinking that all your problems will be solved when you go on holiday next week, or finding a date will make you happy. These kind of expectations set you up for a huge fall when it doesn't pan out your way. So in a way, they are forks that we stab ourselves with. So how can we stop ourselves from forking ourselves? Well, the simplest way is to lower your expectations. Sounds like a joke, but Phil Dunphy was right when he said, the most amazing things that can happen to a human being will happen to you, if you just lower your expectations. 
In a world where people tell us to dream big, to be ambitious, and to always strive for gold, we're often being set up for failure. The pain of not meeting your ambitious goals and targets can be a pretty damn big fork in the butt. So it's important that we recognize that life doesn't always go our way. In fact, life does whatever the hell it wants, it doesn't owe you anything. So no matter how smart and special you think you are, or how much work you put in, you won't always be rewarded for it. That's just life. If you let go of that expectation and accept that the universe works on random chance, then life becomes a little easier in a way, because it makes you more grateful for the good things that do happen. Well, you don't take the bad things as personally as you could, you just understand that it's chance, it could have gone either way. This is the kind of shift in perspective that helps us reduce the pains of the forks that life throws at us. But at the end of the day, there are some forks life throws our way that's just too hard to ignore. I'm talking about the huge, monstrous Poseidon's trident level forks that we sometimes get impaled by. Like when a loved one dies, or you lose your job, or your house burns down. Some things in life are just too awful to simply brush off your shoulder. So what do we do about those? Well, there's not much you can do, at least immediately. It's okay to just acknowledge that life sucks sometimes, and it's awful that something terrible has happened to you. It's okay to bawl your eyes out, or eat a tub of ice cream, or spend an entire day in bed feeling paralyzed. At the end of the day, there will always be some kind of massive fork that you couldn't have expected hit you out of the blue. If it does happen, just be kind to yourself. Accept that you're pinned down by this huge fork for now, but also reassure yourself that this too shall pass. Sometimes, all you need to do is survive before you can fight back. So that's a bit of a summary of the kinds of forks we encounter, from tiny to massive. Now let's turn our attention to how we can use the fork theory to make our lives a little healthier. Alright, so you now know about how throughout your day and life in general, you'll get stabbed by numerous forks, from small things like being hangry, to big things like being hit by a car. So what's the point of learning about the fork theory? Well, remember that at the start, we talked about how you have a threshold? If you have too many forks stabbed into you, you'll stop functioning. So this means that your job as a functional adult is keeping track of how many forks you're already stabbed by, and prevent yourself from getting overwhelmed by that last fork which will finish you off. It's like the opposite of the spoon theory. Instead of rationing how many spoons you have left for the day, you have to keep count of how many more forks you can take before you crash. You might notice that you're nearing your limit in different ways. For me personally, I just feel really antsy and uncomfortable in my skin, like a dog that really needs to go for a walk. I also notice that I'm more irritable and sensitive, so I get more bothered by loud noises and annoying people, and I feel more reactive to people's tones and body language. That's all a bit sucky, really. Anyway, if you notice that you're nearing your limit, what can you do? Let's go over the following scenario to highlight how the fork theory can be of help to you. Alright, so imagine that you're having a chat with your husband over dinner. At some point, you bring up the topic of finances, because you'd been worried about money getting a little bit tight recently. As soon as you bring up this topic, your husband just gets up from the table, walks away, goes to the toilet, and then comes back five minutes later. What the heck? How rude of him to just walk away when you're about to talk to him about something very important. Is he trying to avoid the topic? might be your initial reaction. But let's rewind and see it from your husband's point of view. Well, turned out he had a pretty rough day at work, with a long commute and a packed train, he got yelled at by his boss, and he'd forgotten his laptop charger so the battery went flat during the afternoon. Plus, he didn't get much sleep last night because he'd also been worried about money. 
so already he's got quite a few heavy forks stabbed into him. He was enjoying his dinner because he'd been starving all afternoon, so at least that fork was being dealt to. But he'd been feeling like he'd really needed to pee, but he thought he'd hold it off until after the meal. But when you started talking about finances, that was another big fork coming right at him. So what your husband was doing was not avoiding the topic, but he was recognizing that the finance fork would have been the last straw before he couldn't take it anymore, and he just knelt down. So he did the most rational thing someone could do at that time. He removed the easiest fork he could to make room for the new fork. He went to the toilet to pee, because that's something he could take care of. He knows that it's important to talk about the financial stuff, so that's an unavoidable fork. There's not much he can do about the stuff that had already happened at work, other than maybe play some video games to unwind after dinner. He certainly can't take a power nap in the middle of eating. Therefore, he did the next best thing, which is to remove as many forks as he can to prevent the limit from being reached. This is the most important aspect of the fork theory. Knowing about the forks in your limit is one thing, but it's a whole other thing to have the wisdom to use that knowledge to prevent yourself from breaking down. If you feel antsy and weird and moody and sensitive, do a quick pause and recap. What are the forks that you see poking out from you right now? You'll notice that there are small forks and big forks, and forks that you can remove and others that you can't do anything about. So it's your job to do a bit of deforking to make a bit more room for all the other forks that are heading your way. Think of it as getting your car serviced when the check engine light is on, before it blows up on the motorway. Might be simple things like feeding yourself, using the bathroom, or taking a rain check on catching up with a friend. Might be harder but healthy things like communicating to your partner that you've had a bit too many forks today and you can't cook dinner because you'll go crazy if one more bad thing happens. Whatever it is, do what you can to reduce the burdens placed on you. Like we talked about, there are many things in life that we have no power or control over. But there are also plenty of things that we do have the power to change. Whether it's something we can solve with money, like getting takeout, or a change in perspective, like being mindful that maybe your partner's stressed because they're having period pains, or investing time into, like taking a full day off work just so you can meditate and do something creative to de-stress. Whatever it is, you have to make the effort to remove these forks. Because no one else is going to do that for you. But the forks? They'll keep on coming. It's unfortunately just a part of adult life. You have to take care of yourself, or you won't function. Lastly, remember that the fork theory isn't just relevant to you. Every person has a fork limit, and they'll have their own invisible forks they're carrying around. So before you judge someone or react badly to someone who is seemingly overreacting to something that you think is minor, take a second to think that they might just be reaching their own fork limit. That's not a weakness, that's just a human condition. So be compassionate. You never know when you'll be the weirdo having a nervous breakdown on the subway because your phone keeps autocorrecting to the wrong your. Alright, so hope that you know enough about spoons and forks to care for yourself better now. What did we learn today? We learned that we get pricked and poked by lots of different forks over the course of the day, in the form of annoyances and frustrations and bodily needs. We learned that we all have a fork limit, and even the tiniest little fork can push us over the edge. We learned that we want to avoid this at all costs, so it's important to be mindful of the forks that we get stabbed by throughout the day, while removing the smaller, easier ones to pick off. We learned that some forks are just too big and heavy and deep and we can't remove them instantly, but that's totally okay. We learned that we should be kind and compassionate to other people in general, because they might already be forked out for the day, and just need a little bit of space and the benefit of the doubt. 
Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and maybe even useful today. We're going on a one-month break, so I can do some prep work and research for better quality, maybe even longer episodes. In the meantime, have a listen to the backlog of episodes to learn all about emotional intelligence, fevers, resonance, and New Year's resolutions. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure to give us a review and share us to your friends, because random knowledge is so much more fun when it's shared. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jin Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter 